Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, where relationships expert Judy K. Herman and her guests share insights that can help you move through conflicts in your 9 to 5 jobs and your 24-7 lives. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. A lot of what we discuss in this podcast is also relevant to workplace relationships and your professional life. You can create a more cohesive organization where people feel heard and respected. As a speaker and executive coach, I support organizations and leaders. You can find me on LinkedIn, Judy K. Herman, or my website, judyspeaker.com. Today, we're talking about creative connection from corporate to coaching, yoga, and married life with Michael and Jill Naus. Both have emerged from their former corporate life and decided to follow their passion into entrepreneurship. And with that journey, they found each other. Let's listen in. Jill, you're a yoga instructor. You have your own business. Michael, you are a business coach. I'm so curious. Tell us how the two of you met. Yeah, I'll I'll start. I he, just, he loves I had, to tell this story. <laughs> I had just Adam, right? I, I'm going to tell the I'll tell the clean version. I promise. <laughs> That'll be a first. <laughs> I, I had just moved back to Portland, and um, I had started. Uh, in the previous place I lived, I'd started taking yoga and I moved back to Portland. So I wanted to keep my yoga practice going. And I went to take a yoga place or I went to take yoga at a place called core power yoga. And in doing so, one of the guys in the locker room said, Hey, Michael, let me save you some time. I've done a spreadsheet of all the yoga teachers here. <laughs> and I can tell you the top three and the rest, like, don't even waste your time on. <laughs> He's a very type A guy, right? Oh my gosh. And in cell A1 was this yoga teacher named Jill. And I said, well, gosh, I got to go take Jill's class. So I would go, I started to take Jill's yoga classes and there was like 40 and 50 people in the room and she didn't even like know I was in there. And so I was taking these classes and really loving these classes. And then a couple months went by and I joined this uh, program at the yoga, yoga studio called Boot Camp. And it was a two-week experience where you show up at 6 a.m. and you do yoga and you run and you do like all of these exercises. And, you know, you're just, you're just showing up with your bed head and everything. <laughs> and that's where, like, I connected with Jill because she was a uh, – she wasn't one of the main teachers, but she was supporting the program. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of got to chat and get to know each other. And at some point in there, I, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, is she <laughs> flirting with me? <laughs> 
how unprofessional for a yoga teacher to flirt with their student. Oh, oh is that really what was going on, Jill? He, he can only edit it so far, right? Yeah, well, it's 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 endearingly become a booty camp in our storytelling um, because we we did have I think our first date a couple weeks after that uh, that program ended, and the rest is history. We we've, we've been hanging out ever since. Um, but yeah, it's for the most part uh, pretty accurate. I re- I do remember the first conversation I had with Michael. And so I, I don't know that it would be like, you know, love at first sight, but it was definitely love at first conversation because we started talking and it was just so um, natural and comfortable and organic. And we were even talking about, um, you know, our love of dogs and, you know, it, it just immediately was like, okay, you know, must love dogs, check. <laughs> you had your checklist ahead of time. Must, so love, just... must love yoga, check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to ask a question. I got a huge question mark in my head. It's going to, it's going to come out is okay. So, so Jill, were you attracted to Michael because of the way he was moving on the mat or were you... <laughs> Or were you attracted maybe to some other aspects of of Michael? Oh my gosh. Well, his blue eyes, he has also just this really kind of energy. So there was just something that felt for me, trust and safety is a big thing. And like, Mm. I just, I don't know. I just felt like I could trust him. But honestly, like the moves on the mat, it was hysterical. It was six o'clock in the morning and we were all jumping around doing plyometrics and like crazy stuff. So I don't know if it was necessarily his moves on the mat. I might even have pictures of him trying to like jump in place. Like it was, it was kind of hysterical what we were looking like. Um, So maybe not the most attractive positions. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we were having a good time. I've taken yoga classes and and talking with the two of you makes me now want to get into back into it for sure. (laughs) Yes. But um, so Michael, you were, you already had a practice of yoga and going to yoga classes. So you kind of knew what to look for or the type of yoga teacher you were looking for. Well, kind of. I mean, I'd started, I was living in a mountain town prior to Portland. And so I was going to yoga with my mountain biker friends. And I was going for this, like, you know, they essentially talked me into it. And as I went, I started to appreciate the practice and I just wanted to keep it going. And when I got to Portland, it was different environment because in the classes, the yoga classes in Portland, there was like 10 women for every man. And when I was in this mountain town in Bend, it was it was like fi- the classes were 50-50. It was more of an even dynamic. And so I got to Portland. I was like, wow, like this is kind of I, – I was not looking to like actively date. I was a little bit on this journey of like kind of reconnecting with myself and, and what was important for me. And that's an ironic part of the story too is I was actively involved in a, in a personal development program where we were just, it was a bunch of guys being really intentional about like how to uh, like really sink into a distraction free way of being and Mm -hmm. really learning about what we love about ourselves, what's important to us and cutting out a lot of the common distractions for men. And one of those things is women. And that's the time that I connected with Jill. And so I remember having conversations with my cohort mates on like, oh my gosh, I met this amazing person 
And I think, like, I kind of want to ask her on a date, but is, can we do that in the program? <laughs> like, it, was this really, it was this really weird time. And so I, there was even this awkward moment on our first, like, real date where I was trying to explain to Jill uh, this thing that I was doing. And she was, like, looking at me like, what are you talking about? You I, I wasn't sure if he was, I was like, there's easier ways to say you're not interested anymore. <laughs> There's got to be an easier way, Michael. So so we actually started our relationship. I still had like, I think, four or five weeks to go through this program. And I wanted to stay in the integrity of it. And so we did have a date, but we didn't we didn't have any like intimacy, romantics. Like we didn't even kiss for like five weeks after our first date. So we were kind of in this container of getting to know each other Mm. um, in a in a like a little bit different way than maybe yeah. otherwise. And I think that was a big gift for us right up front when we, when we met each other. That's I would beautiful. have to agree. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds to me like you two were maybe at a place in your life where, you know, you're not so much reactive or whatever, like you're, it sounded to me like, well, Jill, I know with you, you had to have been really grounded. I mean, or going through your yoga training. I mean, that really grounds you. And yeah, it definitely asks you to, um, to reflect, right. And to look, uh, to look inside. And I, I, both Michael and I had been married before. So we were, um, maybe a little bit more clear at this point in our lives as to what we wanted. Whereas I had probably spent many years before that knowing what I didn't want, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. and kind of always being like, well, I I know what I don't want, but at this point in my life, which I was about 40, when Michael and I met, um, it was, it was definitely like, I knew what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I knew what fit, I knew what was valuable to me, you know, my value system. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful to get to connect on mm-hmm. that level, like that, you know, what your core values are. Right. Right. So, yeah. sounds like you learned a lot. I mean, so many people like, you know, their first marriages and then they don't learn what they need to learn. They don't need to know how they may have co-created the mess in that, that first marriage or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I'm curious, I mean, if y'all don't mind me asking such questions, cause I, I ask nosy questions as a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> do you all uh did you get did you get there i mean help with that uh you know post first first marriage before getting interested in each other um in terms of the the first marriage yeah or, or even like you know i guess the healing maybe you're he- talking yeah. about your healing journey is what i should say and it and it doesn't always have to be with a therapist yeah. but yeah. uh yeah what was your healing journey to get you from that first well yeah and that transition from the first yeah. marriage to to being you know growing the two of you yeah I, well i will say that there was uh therapy in the sort of what ended up being the dissolution of the marriage or the dissolving of the, my first marriage. So I, I, we definitely were, were working to try to stay together and it just was not a relationship that was going to, um, you know, run the course or, or be able to stay the course. And um, my healing was really, I would say time and, uh, and, finding practices that helped me to better know myself, like, Mm. like yoga, 
having a lot of time, introspective time. You know, I, I think um, a turning point for me was in my career and in my life. I was living in San Francisco and I had a, a corporate job. And I, I think I was sort of living in a space of waiting for something like when I find the person that my future is going to start to be built around, then I will make choices that make me happy. I was sort of putting things on the back burner and not prioritizing myself necessarily until I found like my partner in life. And this was, Mm. you know, obviously post my marriage and I just made a choice to start to make decisions you know, at that time now. And uh, that was um, buying a home in Portland, relocating, finding a simpler life, seeking better quality of life. I did end up quitting my corporate job and starting this um, business of my uh, sort of that revolved around wellness. I went Mm -hmm. to massage school, I did yoga teacher training, and I created a, a business around that. And, you know, in that process of starting to look inward and start to explore finding my own personal happiness without a guarantee of another, Mm. that's when I, it's kind of that idea. And it sounds sort of cliche about when you let go and you stop looking, you know, the person shows up. I can't say that I wasn't necessarily looking anymore, but it was not, hundred percent my focus and I wasn't waiting to. Wow. I I think that's really, yeah. Thank you for sharing that because that's a really important nuance uh, that, that you just described, Jill. I know there's a lot of folks that, you know, they, they go through the, you know, first marriage or, you know, they're fearful of divorce or Mm -hmm. what their life is going to be like thinking that they're going to be alone all their Mm -hmm. life. But, um, so, so you, you, you really shifted. It sounds to me like, um, in your own growth and that's, that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to be asking these questions, but thank you for sharing. I I kind of brought it up and you know, we we don't have anything to hide. (laughs) Well, thank you. Like this this is beautiful. Any, any more from you? We don't have to stay on this if you don't want to Michael, but what, what kind of, you know, if you would like to, um, I'm so curious how long y'all have been together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When when was that first class you took? (laughs) Yeah, that, that first class was, um, it was, uh, let's see, almost 12 years together. Well, actually it was in February. I think I have some somewhere written down like February 2nd. So a little over 12 years ago that I first stepped into Jill's class because she was the best yoga teacher. (laughs) I can thank Mitch for that. We had our our first, we had our first like, you know, kind of official date at like around Memorial day of, um, 12 years ago. Wow. And so we're coming, we're coming right up on 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you both are coming from a corporate setting before mm-hmm. actually becoming entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. I was 15 years as a sales executive for software companies. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I was, I was very much in a corporate environment for 15 years. Gotcha. And so when you, when you two got together on the yoga mat <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and learning all this, um, were you also an entrepreneur at that point or was that, did you, did you go into that afterwards, Michael? I went into that afterwards. I already had some ambitions around uh, entrepreneurship and I, I had some ambitions around coaching um, as well. But when Jill and I met, I was, I was back in selling software, but from this very intentional place of like, you know, I want, I want to go do this thing that I know how to do. Um, and I want to kind of shore up my resources financially and otherwise 
so that I can start a coaching business on the side. I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like or how it would work yet. Um, so I was kind of shoring up my resources and I was in that job for almost four years. And so that's when I met Jill was when I was in that, in that kind of like last chapter of working in the corporate world. And she had already been out of the corporate world for, I, I don't know. Do you remember how long? Since 2005. Okay. Uh, so five years. Yeah. So she was like five years ahead of me on the entrepreneur journey. Um, and I remember one of the first things I, I remember about, you know, just like Jill and how she was, she was teaching these yoga classes all over town. And I remember two things. I remember she was really well respected by her community to the point where I was in a grocery store in Portland and some woman walked up to me and she was, I could tell she was like staring at me. And I was like, what is going on here? And she said, are you Jill Nouse's boyfriend? <laughs> or it wasn't Nouse at that time. It was Jill <laughs> Allen. It was Jill Allen. And I was like, this is so weird. But she was a really well, like, well-known local yoga teacher. So people wow. would recognize her wherever we went around town. And and I thought, well, that's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm like dating a yoga celebrity. <laughs> You're so funny. Well, I do need to let folks know that. Uh, so when we were in Costa Rica, when we met and I, I did like Jill, you led us in one of our, you know, our times together. And I like, I was so touched because I could tell, wow, it was a neat experience for you as my yoga teacher. When I had met you, I thought, wow, this is so cool. That is so, so cool too. Cause it was really spontaneous the way that that came together. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a hoot. It yeah. was. And wow, it, it, <laughs> that was neat to do that by the ocean. And, and yes. it was really, really sweet. Love so it. that that is so neat. Yeah, share with us. So um, I'm curious, Michael, because okay, so Jill kind of leading the way to entrepreneurship. Is she the one that gave you courage to, to do this? I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I've never really thought about that from that perspective. That's a great question. I to, you know, to be fair, I had um, more than dabbled in entrepreneurship. I had, I had moved from Portland to, uh, Boise, Idaho as a partner in a real estate investment company. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was like pure entrepreneurship with some partners. And so I had to navigate those relationships. And so I was very much in business for myself in a, in it, like a self-funded type business. And so I got a good dose of entrepreneurship in a, industry that I really didn't know that much about. And so I had a pretty steep learning curve and I love the creativity and the autonomy to really have an active part in building something. And prior to that, I'd worked for several startups in the tech world. Mm -hmm. And so in those environments, like you don't just come in and do your role. Like you come in and do five roles or whatever's expected of you. And I always enjoyed that energy. Mm -hmm. um, and when I met Jill, it did, I guess, trans like almost it, it, opened me to like entrepreneurship looking different than what I thought. Cause through my lens, I saw, I saw tech startups, you know, you, you go down this path, you get a, you, you get two people together, a business person and a tech person, and you raise a bunch of money and you launch this thing and you work really hard and you hope it pays off. That was one route. And mm -hmm. another route for me was like real estate. Like you partner and you get people with resources around you and you put those things together and everybody wins, except when the real estate market tanks in which yeah. everybody loses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And so when I met Jill, like she, she was doing this really bootstrapped version of entrepreneurship. Like she was a yoga teacher. She was a massage therapist. She was leading retreats. And then eventually she went on to like scale that business and do a teacher training program and workshops and, you know, go present at yoga festivals and all that. And so she kind of carved her own path in a really unique way as an entrepreneur. And I guess that did have some influence on me that, oh wow, maybe I could do something like that. And how could that look in, in the realm of coaching, which was an area that I was really interested in. So yeah, I would say it, it, did, have a, it did have an influence on me for sure. And I wow. think we leaned into that um, common interest of um, whether it was around our lifestyle and wanting it to be a certain way, but we leaned into that because we started doing um, coaching programs together and encouraging each other um, to pursue, uh, you know, business development type courses and things like that. So we were kind of having fun exploring that together and it's, and it sort of catapulted both of us into doing more and, and creating more of a solid foundation and really being strategic about what we were up to. Wouldn't you say, Michael? Yeah. And we've experimented yeah. with things too, that just felt fun. You know, like uh, Jill got, she, she was approached about doing a business of yoga workshop at the Northwest yoga conference in Seattle. And she asked me if I would like to be part of that. And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds as fun. a coach. I thought it would be a perfect fit to have him come and sort of put the structure around it too. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had little kind of like side projects or experiments that we uh, dabbled in before we really like, you know, pooled our resources into doing something together. And now, um, like we, we do a lot of coaching together. We run offsite retreats together. We do like, there's a lot of, of our work that it's fully integrated for sure. Well, I want to hold that because that is, it's amazing. There's so many, at least folks that I have counseled in the past and, you know, they, they make great business partners together, but lousy spouses, or they mm. can be great. You know, they can be okay, you know, in their home life, but trying to do business together is, is crazy. Yeah. So how in the world is, you know, I I'm considering your relationship. It's like the, the term here would be a dual relationship, your spouses with mm -hmm. each other, but you're also business partners, I guess, too. I mean, even though you have separate businesses, how do you do that? Like, what's the secret to that for you two? I, I would say it's, it, this is, this is having coached uh, other spouses or partners in business and relationship. I would say it's very individual. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, you know, from a practical perspective, like knowing our lanes, knowing who's mm -hmm. good at what mm -hmm. and staying in those lanes and figuring that out through usually some tough conversations and, and just like, you know, bumping into each other a little bit and having respect and creating some boundaries. Like that's really important from a practical perspective. Um, from a more personal perspective, like, you know, we have our way of navigating how to be in partnership together and business together. And we like, you know, we weave a lot of things together. We don't have like these strict boundaries about like leaving work here and doing personal life over right. there. Mm, it's mm -hmm. all very integrated. And, mm -hmm. you know, for us in the middle of the day to go and take the dogs to the river or, you know, mm. to go on a yoga retreat and me doing coaching calls from Belize mm -hmm. and like, it just all runs together anyways. Wow. Yeah. And we like it that way. Yeah. yeah. 
we really like it that way. Did you have to talk through that to get that clear to, to do that? Or, you know, I'm kind of curious how your development of making that work has yeah. come about. Well, the closer we work together, the more important communication is. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah. It's so and, true. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've uh, you know, we've had some uh, counseling during COVID mm -hmm. to um, bring this idea of, like, we're spending a lot more time together during COVID and then working together and then living together. And we both lean into, I think, we both naturally lean into how can we develop ourselves mm. because my, one of my perspectives is there's really no such thing as just putting something in neutral. Like it's mm. either growing or it's dying. It's, it's mm -hmm. like nature, right? It's very, yeah. it's very, um, fluid. And so we, we look at our relationship as that way too. And so we want to put energy into that. Otherwise it's probably going to slip and we love each other. So we want to step into that evolution and making it better and being active about that because we know if we just let it slide, it's just going to slide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just like a business, right? If you don't pay attention to it, it's, it's going to wither away. Mm. And mm -hmm. so we look at our, at our relationship, um, through that same lens is we want to put some energy into it. We want to stay on top of it. We want to have on, honest conversations and we kind yeah. of during COVID, we redefined what intimacy in communication looks like. And, you know, being compassionately direct with each other mm -hmm. is something that maybe we didn't do a, as great a job at for fear of maybe stepping on someone's toes and, and that can feel really natural. But what feels even better now is really compassionately, you know, being direct with each other and mm. not in a, not in a, like a harsh way at all, but just being really respectful and, you know, an example from just this week was being on a coaching call together and still like feeling out how we can both show up in the, in the best interest of the client together. Mm -hmm. mm. And so, you know, Jill said, essentially, she said, um, yeah, you know, when I reflect on those calls that, that Michael just made a really good point and how you don't necessarily do that for me. Well, that would be really great if you recognized my point like mm. publicly in front of the client, mm. that would feel better for me. And that doesn't mm. sound like a direct, like, you know, I don't know, a really direct conflict at all, but it's just mm -hmm. like her being really intentional about what she needs. Mm -hmm. And then me listening to that and taking action and literally like on that next call or those next two calls, practicing that and then checking in, like, is that, did that feel good? How did that feel? And How so did just, you learn to do that, Michael? I mean, did you, did you learn this from a therapist or like, certainly this didn't come natural. <laughs> no, I th this did come out of some therapy that we were doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah. So to have those tools with which to, to graciously express what you need or what you want from the other without the, without putting the other person on the defensive. Right? Yeah. And I think through this therapy experience that we had, it was, it really did create a safe space for us to have someone else hold this container for yes. us to both respond and share. And, and it created this, a deeper level of safety and, and intimacy. And then he was able to challenge us to show up with more intimacy in our communication and more boldness. Wow. And, and have that be okay. Yes. That yeah. is remarkable. 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we can tiptoe around each other for a long time. And uh, but, you know, when we went into um, the couples counseling with this particular therapist, we were talking about someone who is very direct and mm. somebody who shares with us exactly what she needs when she needs it. And we never wonder. And uh, and he said, oh, she's intimate. And I said, mm. what? And he said, she's intimate. And you have an intimate relationship with her that she knows that she's not going to damage the relationship by expressing what she needs within it. Mm. And that was such an interesting way to look at intimacy that it sort of reframed the way that we approach topics. And Mm. we've really just, um, you know, like Michael said, there's, there's a, uh, there's a transparency and honesty and a sort of, yeah, compassionately direct way to a- approach these types of, of things so that we can better, because it's really like, the, I, I feel like the greatest gift that we can give the world, each other, et cetera, is like a self-awareness and a self-understanding. Yes. Yes. And the more that we can tease that out with someone who is safe, uh-huh. we build a stronger foundation for ourselves. And, Absolutely. and that is just, I don't know, it just, it's so, it, it allows us to feel more stable in our constitution independently. And as a couple, mm, that's so beautifully said. And it, this is, uh, this does happen. I see this in couples that they, on the outside, they don't fight. They, they don't have conflict and there's this outward, maybe peace that, that looks like it, but they're holding back because they don't want to offend the other. Right. And that could easily happen in the context of our relationship because I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm always working on, you know, just asking for what I need. So, you know, it's mm. been so stripped from me that I sometimes wouldn't know if I wanted juice or coffee. You know, what yeah. I mean? like, I don't know. I don't know. What do I yeah. want? Michael, what do I want? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's good. I so appreciate you sharing that because that is, it's not an uncommon thing for this right. kind of dynamic. And, and thank especially you. for women, I would say, I don't mean to overgeneralize, but that is so true. Yeah. That is true. So, wow, this is great. And that is what intimate communication is intimacy in communication, being able to show up and speak what you need, what you want mm-hmm. from your partner, right? Is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. in other ways, instead of hiding. Yeah. Or not even being aware, like learning about yourselves, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And like, it's, 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 I think it's, I think it's three pieces for me. If I think about it, it's, it's like, you know, being bold in Mm -hmm. a way that's compassionate, like not being afraid to, you know, step on each other for the sake of like going to a argumentative place, but just being clear. Right. Mm -hmm. And then being able to have the conversation about it that might, and probably does have some friction with it, mm-hmm. knowing that that's going to lead to a better place, probably. Yes. The time. Yes. Right? So it's almost like this act of like caring so much about the other person that you don't care, if that mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let my insecurities get in the way of us having a productive conversation that's going to move us closer, in other words. Mm. And it's funny because that's, I think that that's also affected my coaching in a positive way because mm. coaches tend to be very caring and empathetic people. Yes. And I think that that's great, a great part about coaching, but I think that some tough love 
in, in the coaching environment is also like really useful for people to hear. Like they're not paying you to be their friend always. They're paying you to, to be that filter and that lens to reflect things back that maybe they can't see for themselves. And maybe it's hard for them to hear. Maybe a friend would never say the things to them that a compassionate coach would. Mm. And that can be a really powerful moment for someone. And I think mm. that that's reflected in our relationship as well as like some of the coaching work that I've done recently. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's really neat because I've experienced you, Michael, in our weekly, uh, you know, we would show up weekly in front of the screen with our other <laughs> mastermind folks and just your your presence and your gentleness. I'm, I'm thinking, boy, I think I come across pretty direct. <laughs> You're <laughs> intimate. You're <laughs> such a gentle guy. And more, it of, is... more of a therapist type of mind than I am maybe at times. I don't oh, know, funny. but but you've got such, uh, yeah, so that's so neat. I well, I, I would love to also say that I am really fortunate because Michael is funny and compassionate and he's a listener and you know he sorry my dog is trying try, wants to come in here um and he you know he'll he'll pause before reacting um so you know i have i have a wonderful partner too and you do really I, I tell you what I, you, you did really well jill <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome he's a good guy yeah yeah both of you to to come together that is so neat yeah we're lucky i won, I won the wife lottery that's what i say oh thanks Why? <laughs> yeah thanks. to be to be jill's fiance or boyfriend wow and the girl that's really cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah so i i really notice you it's important for you to have fun yeah tell us about that and why it's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. how, how much that is, is a part of your relationship. I think it's a huge part of our relationship. Um, I think that, you know, over the course of 12 years, we've of course had life happen and there's been challenging things and, you know, um, loss of parents. I've dealt with mm -hmm. breast cancer. We've, you know, we've had, you know, just the things that life will dole out at times. And, um, and they're just very well balanced against all of the, you know, the really wonderful things that we've also experienced. We travel a lot. We are, our favorite hobby is our dogs and they, you know, when they can come with us, they do. We plan a lot of our travel around the fact that they can come. So, you know, we just, we love exploring and adventuring and having a good time together because it's, you know, it's easy to forget to do those things, especially as entrepreneurs. And we're constantly in the throes. Like he said, it's very integrated, everything that we do. Mm -hmm. But that also means that on a Wednesday afternoon, we can take our dogs out to Sobe Island and throw the ball for them in the river and have an adventure that many people would be kind of stuck to a desk. And so, yeah, we, yeah. we fit it in and we find the time and we, we love it. Well, I'm it's hearing good. that you, it is, it's necessary, isn't it? it? When life does throw things yeah. at you that you have no control over, whether that's sickness or death or whatever stressors, it's like that right. fun is a, is a cushion, that adventure. Yes. Yeah. And also just finding the beauty in the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, because mm. most of our lives is really the, the, the average everyday moments or a lot of our lives, you know, you're not always running off to Africa or, you know, doing something really extravagant. And, um, and we have a lot of fun just in that normalcy too. Yes. We, you know, Michael's, Michael's, he cooks, he's the cook in the family. <laughs> 
I got that too. Oh, that's great. Wow. And, <laughs> and just being home and like making meals and sitting by the fire or watching a show or whatever, you know, we just like, even in the simple things, it's just easy for us. Yeah. We're lucky in that way. I, I secretly, not so secretly make like making Jill laugh too in, in <laughs> where she might not otherwise do so. So yesterday when she was cranking away on the Peloton, probably going for the record or something, I'm like hearing this tune. So we have the office and it has an open door and the kitchen yeah. is right there. And so I like to do these little dances where I like, I just move myself into the frame of the open door and do some crazy dance until she cracks up. And then I like to dance with the dogs when she's doing that too, whenever possible. Oh, so. oh that's, that's hilarious. I, yeah, he's you know, hilarious. I, I will tell you, I just actually had a, a session with a client even, or a couple even today about how, you know, that the energy of, of fun and joy yeah. in your relationship is so very vital. And, and, you know, because we can get so caught up in in the stressors or telling our spouse what's wrong and totally. you know all of that stuff so but but that ratio and I was telling this particular couple 20 to 1 like 20 positives to every one yeah. uh, little negative here in order to 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, that balances totally. that out but so it's kind of like fuel for your engine or oil for your you know motor or whatever however whatever yeah. analogy you want to use but I think that's yeah. cool you know I just I kind of had a thought too when you were talking about um, intimate communication because you're so in tune to your bodies, right? Do you yeah. ever fight with your just your bodies, like <laughs> communicate with <laughs> like yoga moves or something? Do you, do you ever use your yoga moves to to communicate with each other? <laughs> no, but I would say we probably use movement to um, dispel angst. You know, like Michael mm -hmm. go for a walk, or I hop on the Peloton bike, or I, you know, we'll do some yoga or whatever. Like I do think that. It helps us move energy, you know? Absolutely. That 100%. is so important. If you're yeah. going, like, I, I do want to speak to my listeners. If you're going into this funk and this, you know, this dark or, you know, uh, heavy place, it, it's good to, you know, don't stay there too long. If you need to stay there right. a little bit, whatever, but, uh, but move, get up and move your body can move definitely your body. change your yeah. mood. It can change your yeah. mood. So, yeah. And Michael yeah. always like, I would say not always. Okay. Always and never is probably not, not good words to use, but, um, he often will, <laughs> will lighten the moment, you know, like, cause if I'm getting too serious about something or like, I'm, you know, my, I'm, I'm, my brow is furrowed or, you know, my lips are pursed or whatever. Like he, he's, he'll poke at me. He gets any, he, and he's the best about that. Just like softening the moment. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love that. Yeah. It's his humor. It's his, um, dancing with the dogs and silliness. There's Let's be real chill. There's got to be times. I mean, I'm thinking there's times where you kind of get irritated. Knock it off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I want to be mad right now. I don't want to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think two human beings can live under the same roof for very long without one getting on the other's nerves. I mean, it's going to happen. You're human, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and we become so predictable to each other that we're like, I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to leave that bowl in the, in the sink or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, let me ask you if there's one thing that you would like 
for listeners to know, maybe listeners that are, they're working together, trying to do marriage together and, um, and, and they're working a lot. Maybe they're not having fun, whatever. What would, what are some words of wisdom that you have for a couple? Mm. What you got MK? Well, I mean, I remember putting this first a long time when I, when my first marriage ended, I was getting some, it was a coach coaching from an energy coach. And one of the things we worked on was being uh, like self-sustaining, putting self first. Mm-hmm. And often in our culture that comes across as like selfish, mm-hmm. but selfish can also be really healthy and really good. And so there are right now in the midst of our relationship ways that we both show up for ourselves so that we can show up for the best versions of the other person. And that can look like physical exercise. That can look like a way that you eat. That can look like meditation. That can look like, you know, just what do I need? What do I know that I need to show up for the best version of, you know, my clients and, and Jill. Mm. And so put, it's, it's almost like that it's counterintuitive in our culture Mm -hmm. to really like wholeheartedly understand and know how we can put ourselves first, not at the expense of like, not at the expense of other people, but, but for other people. Mm-hmm. So we can show up as the best versions of ourselves at work in a relationship for our friends. Um, and you know, that can look like boundaries that can look like recognizing how much space you do need for yourself versus always giving it to other people. And that's, yeah. you know, that's an ongoing thing or it's an evolving thing. Cause I think it does change from time to time too, based on chapter of life. And if you have kids or not, and you know, those things. So yeah, that's putting, putting yourself like on that foundation so that you can give yourself a chance to show up as your best self. Uh, that's, that's something that's been kind of a foundational piece of, of my life um, that I've brought forward in the last, you know, decade or so. Love that. Yeah. I love it too. Love it too. Is that what you would say, Jill? The same thing. (laughs) Um, I think, I think I would say, you know, as, as, as a good yoga teacher should, it's like be present. I think that, you know, I, I find that my sadness will come when I'm dwelling in the past and my stress or anxiety is when I'm worried about something out in the future. And really to kind of come back to that idea that I was saying earlier is that not to miss or skip over the small stuff, because that's kind of the bulk of our lives. And, and we can sort of almost slow time and really um, indulge ourselves in the simple things that are surrounding us all the time. Um, so just kind of slowing down and really recognizing what's around us at any given moment and how, how lucky we are. Wow. Wow. This attitude of gratitude. Yeah. I I love it that the two of you are, you've you've really nurtured your own hearts and souls really, I think before you even met and then, then coming together and, and then that attunement Um, there's, there's just some really special energy around the two of you, I think. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate your time. And I, I just think it's, it's wonderful how to partner together in business and in your marriage and, and intimacy and communication, having fun is so very vital. Yeah. So how can folks get in touch with you? 
They can get in touch with me. Uh, they can go to my website, and it's Michael Naus. It's spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L. My last name is Naus with a K, so it's K-N-O-U-S-E.com. And that's where I share uh, the podcast that I enjoyed doing for about four years, and there's 200 good episodes there that I'm super proud of and, wow. and some writing and stuff about my coaching and adventure and uh, all those things woven in together. So yeah, that's the best place to learn any, any more about me. Thank you. And Jill, yeah. what about you? Can folks, uh, are you doing anything online as far as your yoga or is it mainly in like retreats locally? There it's in mainly in retreats around the, around the world. So sometimes local, sometimes um, distant, far away, beautiful places. Uh, mm-hmm. And they can find out information about those and even our joint coaching, which doesn't really have a, a, a space that it lives at this moment in time, since it's just been in the last year or so that we've really dived into coaching together. But my website is jillnouseyoga.com. So J-I-L-L-K-N-O-U-S-E and then yoga.com. All right. Thank you so much. And those will be yeah. in the show notes. You two are amazing. Thank you, I just, I, you know, just even being with you on the screen here, I'm just <laughs> like, I've been inspired for sure. Oh, and appreciate you. your connection, your partnership and all that you have to offer. So thank you so much. So yeah. fun. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. This was a fun conversation for me with Jill and Michael. They are such special friends and I appreciate their transparency. Taking a look inside their partnership is a real gift to us. Here's some thoughts I had. Number one, both of them value the integration of their business and personal lives together. Number two, they're willing to bust through their previous ways of being, things like people pleasing or avoidance in order to keep the peace, so they can practice intimate conversations. That's what I call being authentic. And then number three, they show us what's possible. It's good to see couples having fun. What stood out to you? Share your takeaways by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. And next week, you'll hear from Sherry Timko, who will bring us insights on how to heal relationship injuries. Until then, feel free to share, subscribe, rate, and comment. See you next time for Better Relationships, Better Life.